five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to America.com. My name is Rich Doc Hayden, and I am with... And here we are. It is early May. We are back with our good friend and 2-7 brother, Matthew Maxwell. Maxwell, how are you doing today? What's going on, Doc? Doing great. Doing great. So, um, as we have been doing for the last couple weeks, and as I hope we continue to do until it's over, we have been keeping vigil with the war in Ukraine. So, we are now at week seven of the war. I'm just going to give a couple of updates of what's going on right now. So, the Russian army is now forming in the east, and it looks like they're getting ready for a massive assault um, in the east. So, they have been unable to uh, capture Kiev and some of the area around it, so they have moved the bulk of their forces east. Um, just today, Austrian uh, President Karl Nehammer, apologies if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, uh, visited Putin and basically came out and said that Putin is dug in. He is committed to this war. He is in a wartime mentality and he is not budging. Uh, the Austrian Prime Minister showed him pictures of uh, some of the atrocities that are occurring uh, you know, in and around um, Marpol and some of the other areas. Also showed him a number of pictures of uh, you know dead Russian soldiers, destroyed Russian tanks, and uh, as expected, uh, Vladimir Putin was not moved by it. Um, he was he's still uh, still dead set on going through with it. So so that's where we are with that. Um, Russia now Russia has also changed its propaganda somewhat. It is now framing the fight as not just a war against Ukraine, but as a war against the West, uh, and specifically the United States. So, it, um, you know, Russian state TV and Russian media is now speaking about the war as the fight against, quote, Ukrainian-American neo-Nazism, uh, unquote. So, uh, so it keeps dragging on. We keep going. We keep moving. Uh, just in this, this, this horrible, horrible war. So, so Maxwell, let me open it up to you. What are some of your thoughts? Uh, you know, what are you seeing happening and, you know, what is happening next? Well, you know, there's like a couple articles and we talked about this on past episodes that, uh, you know, the Russians obviously bit off more than they could chew. They, they were, believe in their own propaganda that they could just easily overthrow Ukraine, right? They didn't factor in the will of free people. And, you know, there's been a couple articles and there's been our own, like, internal analysis on this podcast that said, like, they're going to refocus and they're going to go after the two, I don't know what you call them, provinces in the east which was kind of the segue for the invasion in the first place, right? They'll refocus on there to save face, which it looks like they are, um, because, you know, trying to take Kiev was, was more than they could handle. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to continue to deny the truth and push the propaganda. Like, they, Putin's got to know that He's backed into a freaking corner and uh, and losing this, but he's not going to admit that. That's not the Russian way. Hundred percent. One one of the challenges of being an autocrat is you can never admit that you are wrong or that you made a mistake. So it, you just have to just just. And this is one of the dangers of autocracy. You just have to double down, double down, double down, and. It looks like that's what Putin's doing right now. So, now Harp, let me go ahead and ask you: What have been your thoughts for of in the last week or so? And you know, where do you see the conflict going next? I mean, I just my biggest is I hope they don't. I hope we don't take the bait. You know, I think this is just a way, you know, a way of trying to get us more actively involved uh, military wise. 
is why Putin's trying to say, you know, they're putting that propaganda out saying this will be war against trying to throw our name in it and try to get us to actively involve militarily. But I, I mean, it, you know, it's not going to last much longer. Um, there's no way. So I'm, I'm hoping that we don't we don't take the take the bait and eat the hook later. Uh, on the military side, but, I mean, just something's, you know, something's got to be done uh, from the inside. That's an interesting point. What do you guys think about that? Like, I know there's a bunch of people that have, whether it's water cooler talk or whatnot, that kind of think that some of these oligarchs that are losing money, they're gonna have to. They're 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 they're, they're not gonna work. They're not they're not gonna make it. Right. It's gonna come from the inside. He's not gonna last. He's not gonna last much longer. And but he will last. He will last longer if we if we if we bite that hook. Yeah. That's yeah. what I believe. Yeah. 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 I think the the so the thing to me that has been surprising, and, and maybe it shouldn't be because we're only seven weeks into this, but that there hasn't been more popular unrest in Russia and that there hasn't been more noise made, uh, you know, at least publicly by some of these oligarchs. And, you know, and now the thing that I don't know is, like you said, with the behind the scenes, like right now the world is looking at this and is still pretty terrified but you know, is there is there you know is the coup is it plotted? Is it ready? Is are you know are there um you know? Is, I mean, the, the, the world's only seeing what they want us to see. Well, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. We don't know what's going on I behind mean, the scenes. Unless, unless 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 you're on boots on the ground over there. I mean, this is like when we were over when we were in Iraq. I mean, the, back home they only saw what. They wanted everybody to see. They didn't know what, what all was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I sure. mean, we're only seeing what they want to show us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you remember we were talking a couple weeks ago when the uh, when that lady on the uh, Russian news channel was in the background with the sign. Remember, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like, that's that's the thing. Like, <laughs> you're talking about. You're talking about the Russian Federation, you know, the, the same place that came up with the KGB, who are masters of propaganda and misinformation and suppressing information. Like, yeah, all the people, there's probably, you know, when this thing first started and before the Russians could get a handle on it, you saw thousands of people in the street protesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you had, like, the news stuff. So it's happening, but, like, like what happens in Russia is they they're suppressing a large part of it, so you know it could very well be ongoing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I and I don't know. Like maybe the knives are already sharpened and they're just waiting for the right moment. You know. And and now here's actually kind of the scary thing that that you know over the last seven weeks has kind of evolved. Um, so the you know initially you're, and Maxwell, you're right. There was oh yeah all these. Uh, anti-war protests in Russia. So since then, a lot of uh, people who were politically aligned against Putin and were part of those protests, a lot of them have left Russia. So, uh, you know, a lot of the people who have, you know, would have uh, naturally protested are gone. So the people who remain are Putin supporters and, um, or people who are, you know, the Russians who are just, you know, too disenfranchised to protest. So, um, and... The you know the I've I've read many reports how Russian state media is uh, just uh, turned the propaganda machine way up. It's just uh, just blanketed the country uh, oh, in yeah. propaganda. And uh, I've also read how uh, penalties for speaking out against the war have become more and more numerous, and they've been arresting more people. So you have you know the combination of number one, uh, you know. Uh, the, the people who are opposed to Putin leaving the country, uh, number two, the increased propaganda, and number three, the people who already supported him, supporting him even more. Um, you've, I, the thing that surprised me is that <clears throat> uh, popular protest against it is being silenced and doesn't have the space 
to happen uh, like I thought it would. So, so actually, so, so, you know, to your point, Harp, I, I still completely agree with you that I really hope that we don't get sucked in. And I still don't think that, um, we should commit troops. Uh, you know, I don't want to see American boots on the ground, but the scary thing is that should Putin find himself backed into a quarter and need to play the NATO card, I don't even think that there actually needs to be American or Western forces on the ground for him to sell it to the Russian people. If he just wanted to come out and blatantly lie and say, you know, or, or stage a false flag type operation, or, or, you know, you don't even need to actually, you know, kill a couple Marines, you know, on the ground in Ukraine for him to come back and say, oh, the Americans are already there. We need to either, you know, escalate with nuclear weapons, with chemical weapons or whatever. He can just go ahead and do it. And the moment I realized that, I was a bit more, I said, oh, wow, I don't, you know. Uh, uh, he could do that based off of NATO's buildup in other Eastern Bloc countries, right? Mm-hmm. And we're putting, uh, we're putting U.S. troops there as a buffer. Like, I mean, the Russian propaganda machine, you could spin it any way you want. Exactly. That alone could be a provocation for war. Exactly. That's yeah, and that's he could he Putin at this point might be able to say uh, aliens are invading Ukraine, and as a result, uh, American sponsored aliens in cahoots with the United States are invading yeah. Ukraine. Show fucking Independence Day on every Russian fucking news channel and say we need to nuke them because of this. So that's a bit exaggerated, but you know my point is that uh, I, you know since the reality is already, you know, or since the message in Russian state media is already completely divorced from reality, there's nothing stopping Putin from taking it to the next step. So, um, right. So yeah, so that's surprising. I mean, if you listen to some of the Russian state media, I mean, for the, for the people that are making Russia great again, like fucking it's, I mean, their narrative is like we're fighting Nazis. Okay, yes. like yeah, you know, if you want, if you want to just like let's pull a card that will work and get support, shit, that's it, right? So like you know, the, the brave, the brave comrades are in the Ukraine. Yeah, fucking, you know, taking taking out taking out fucking Nazis according to Russian state media, and it's like Jesus Christ, you couldn't be for, more off the mark. You know, yeah, it's like fascism is fucking invading another country under the guise of fucking fascism. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fascists. It's claiming they're fighting fascists. It's crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so. Yeah, sounds like Antifa, right? Like I'm going to come and bash your fucking head in with a fucking metal bat because I'm fighting fascism. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, totally, absolutely, one hundred percent. It makes it makes no sense. So, um, but you know, when you have a, you know, when you have a populace that's been essentially brainwashed, I guess it was the same during Soviet times. I you know, I don't know. I'd like to learn a bit more about that. But, but so, Maxwell, let me ask you this. So now that we are seven weeks into it, looking back on day one, what are some of the things that you were surprised by? Well, if you want to go where I thought things were on day one, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> because I really didn't know a lot about Ukraine. <clears throat> and all I had to base it off of was cri- the annexation of Crimea in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. I, my assumption was that place was going to roll over in a fucking couple days, right? I mean, Crimea like pretty much went unanswered. So, I didn't know that the people, and like I said, full disclosure, I didn't know shit about Ukraine, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So, like the heart, the resolve, the fucking, that's the thing that surprised me. Because I just assumed that it would be just like Crimea, where it just happens in the dead of night, and nobody fucking says shit, and it's just like, yep, now we're Russia. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the things that surprised me was the resolve of the people of Ukraine. Uh, President Zelensky, like Jesus Christ, if there's mm-hmm. a fucking 
leader of the modern time. That's it. And, you know, you look at what we've got in the fucking White House, and it's like it's a fucking joke. Uh, you know, good, good for you, Ukraine. Like, holy fuck, dude. You got a great leader. Um, you know, and here in the United States, we just get progressively worse. Fuck it as we go. But, uh, but yeah, that is the biggest surprise because I, I just never saw that coming. The other surprise too is the, the Red Army has always had this reputation, right? And fucking mostly due to the propaganda of the KGB. Like, they put out that narrative that they're this unstoppable force that's going to steamroll through fucking Europe, right? And that was the whole reason to have NATO. And, you know, that they may have, you know, tank divisions out the ass, but it doesn't doesn't mean shit when they're fucking dead in the water, canalized on a fucking road somewhere, and then just picked off by fucking... Uh, you know, goddamn civilian defense forces with freaking javelins, right? Like, so those are the two biggest things. The resolve of the freaking people of Ukraine and their ability to fucking put, like, put a decent counterattack together and really hold the Russians. I mean, the Russians, they clearly, with, with um, the amphibious forces, uh, focused on Odessa, even though they never went in there. Uh, them coming down through the north to take Kiev, you know, like they they were looking to take the whole country and they failed to do it, right? So the two biggest things are the resolve of the Ukrainian people and freaking how inexperienced and useless the fucking Red Army is. Yep, yep. I'm going to agree with both of those. Before I do, Hart, same question to you. Since the war started, what have you been most surprised about? Well, man, I was surprised Russia didn't take it rather quickly. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it just goes to show you uh, what I'm I'm most uh, enthused about and and, and impressed with is the will to fight for for human life. Mm. I mean, the Ukrainian people... Yep. I mean, this this should be eye opening to to everybody in the world. This is what people would do when you threaten their their livelihood and you threaten their their way of life and their generations' way of life. This is what you're going to be met with. I mean, you're 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 not going to beat the human will of life. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an amazing thing in its own way when this is a bad situation. But it is pretty amazing to see those human beings, I'm not even going to call them Ukrainians, but but they're they're human beings just like everybody else in this world. And they're fighting for their human will life. And it's pretty eye-opening. That's what I'm most uh, surprised by. Because, I mean, in our lifetime, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, we went and fought a war on a, on a political basis, pretty much. I mean, it was no no country was, you know. Yeah, they, they, they hit our towers. They killed our people. We had to go make right of that. But at the end of the day, it took so long. And it was so many years of, of people forgot what the real reason was about. Oh, you do? Yeah. But, but over there, where they're at? These people are fighting for their human lives. Yeah, so and it's pretty amazing, uh, bro. I just want to jump on. I just want to jump on what Harpo said because that is absolutely right. Like, and where where we were as the United States, as far as like after September 11th and our resolve, and our, like, hey, we're gonna go fucking get the motherfuckers that did this shit to us. We were there, and, you know, rolling into Afghanistan, when we figured out, all right, it's the fucking Al-Qaeda, Taliban's fucking harboring them, we're going to, yeah, you you will not fucking sleep. We will fucking hunt you down, right? 
we were there. We had that kind of fucking resolve. But I want to just make this point. Like, it wasn't just society in general that fucking forgot what the fuck this was about for us. It was our own goddamn government. Mm. And I don't know. I know it's a bitter pill for me to swallow, and I imagine it is for you guys, too. It's like, the reason the, the reason society forgot what the fuck this was about is because our government took the eye off the fucking prize, mm. right? And some of these fucking assholes in, uh, in the administrations and shit, various administrations throughout the years, like, hey, we could make some fucking money off this shit, right? And that's what it became about. Iraq had nothing to do with fucking September 11th. Mm. Not a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. When we pulled resources from Afghanistan, when we had fucking Al-Qaeda on its heels, to go fucking fight that bullshit, right? Like, yep, yep. and that's the thing that pisses me off, dude, because our, we were, you know, do you know how many people were on board? You know, like, tragedy brings people together, just like the whole world's brought together right now in support of Ukraine. Like, the tragedy of September 11th brought this whole fucking country together, mm. and the fucking assholes in power squandered that opportunity to make our fucking society a better place. Like, dude, we're united, let's go get the fuckers that did this shit to us, and let's fucking yeah. do what's right for the people of this country. But no, like, it went back to fucking... Let's put money in the pockets of fucking Halliburton and KBR. And you guys, you, you saw it firsthand. You were downrange with me. You see how much money those motherfuckers were making. Like, that's what pisses me off. And, like, Harpo brings up a great point. Like, you know why everyone's united around Ukraine? Because it's a fucking just cause. They're yes. fighting for the goddamn lives, Right. They're fighting for the lives. And what they've seen in Maripol and I don't know the other place starts with a B. But it's straight genocide. If if fucking the Red Army is allowed to go unchecked, they will fucking line people up, yep. tie their hands behind their back, and shoot them in the fucking head. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. That's why I mean, I, I'm not even going to call them. They're human. Yeah. And they're fighting for their lives. Just like... I think anybody in this world would do. I hope they would do. And, and Harp, let me say, uh, that was very beautifully put. Like, I think, like, we've been doing this podcast for a little over a year now, and I have to say, like, the entire time we're doing it, those were perhaps the most inspiring and insightful and uh, touching words I think you've ever said. And that's a huge compliment, and thank you very much. I think that was absolutely perfectly put, you know? And, and you know... Maxwell, to get to to get to your point too, I think in a larger the context, when you look at war and you look at morale, one of the things that people don't understand, uh, if you've never fought a war, is just how important morale is, and it's more than just like getting you know ammunition and getting bullets and feeling supported, but like it's having a clear uh, a clear and a morally justifiable goal. Like I I really think the reason that we were able to do so well in World War II is because it was black and white, and from the moment we entered, we were on the right side. You know what I mean? And the Nazis, I mean, we were stopping Hitler. You know, we were pushing uh, fascism back, and, you know, we only learned about uh, the Holocaust and the genocide after the fact, but, and you know, and after that, that made it even our actions even more right. We can go into, you know... Uh, uh, we can uh, uh, nitpick about whether every single thing we did within the war was right, but overall, we were absolutely right to fight it and um, to win it. And then, you know, since then, the only other war that the U.S. has fought that has been, has had a very clear uh, moral distinction, I think, is Desert Storm. And, you know, Vietnam was certainly not like that. Iraq and Afghanistan, Afghanistan kind of was too at first, it then devolved, um, but you have to have a very clear moral standard. I think I think you guys are absolutely right. Like what the the Russians are doing here is the I, it's just it's thuggery. It's it's uh, you know it's bullying. It's brutality. There's really 
No other way to say it. And Putin is doing it, lying to uh, the people of Russia. I don't know his thought processes. Probably lying to himself and basically just going in and slaughtering these people um, in the name of some... It actually, it's really in the name of power. That's really all that it's about. And it's the fucking same story that's been happening since the beginning of human history. You know what I mean? So, um, so real quick, the so I also, I agree with both of you that the, the thing that has surprised me most is the fighting spirit of the Ukrainians. And also, you know, coupled with that, Max, with what you're saying, the just total ineptitude of the Red Army. Um, I think that I have also been uh, surprised by the uh, iron grip that Putin has been able to have over the country. I didn't realize it was as strong as it was. I, I knew it would take a while, but I, I think that, uh, at least outwardly, and maybe, again, maybe it's totally deteriorating on the inside, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but at least outwardly, it seems like he definitely does have a very tight grip, and is, is prosecuting this war to the um, absolute fullest. And and the other thing that I think um, I, we were, I don't, I don't know if I want to say we were ignorant of this or if it just took you, uh, Russia invading Ukraine for us to realize. But um, we're we're now in a you know a new Cold War, and I knew this as soon as it happened. But the day before the invasion, I I wouldn't have expected us to be back here uh, in the same place we were, you know, in um in in 1989 essentially. You know what I mean? So um, so those are the things that surprised me. So, um, yeah. So, but I was gonna say, Doc, I got two points to that. Sure. Like, first off, the um, it's interesting because post Cold War, when the Soviet Union fell, right? I wrote a paper on this. This is the only reason I know about it. Hmm. Um, so. The KGB fell with it, obviously, and then they had the FSB uh, as the replacement. Well, its power was not, its power and scope was way less than what the KGB was, right? And that was on purpose, right? Like, the KGB had all of this power to keep the, the regime in play, right, to keep communism going strong and... Um, the Soviet Union going strong. So, you know, just like anything else, and we've done it here in our own country, like, you're going to strip all this power away from it, right? Uh, because it's too big. You know, like, if you look at the Church Commission in the 70s with the CIA, right? The CIA was off the fucking chain, mm-hmm. right? For, in the whole guise of we got to fucking defeat communism and the fucking Russians, Right? They did all this shit off the reservation, all in the name of fucking, you know, preserving America. So same thing, like, then all the laundry got aired in the 70s. I think there's, uh, outside of the church commission, was there, there was another one. Anyhow, mm. like, they were like, whoa, shit, we got to strip all this shit away from the CIA because they are fucking out of control. So same thing. Soviet Union falls. The KGB is no more. The FSB rises out of it, and it has way less power than the KGB did. Well, over time, their man Putin has been slowly trickling back all of these authorities, all of this capability, right? To the point now where it's the fucking same old shit, Mm. right? The FSB of today and what they do uh, like, you know, rings true to the days of old of the KGB. Mm. And that is partially, that's why Putin has that fucking grip, right? And then the second point about we're entering into a new Cold War and nobody saw it coming goes to the point that we've made in previous episodes about globalization, right? Like mm. globalization can be a very positive thing However, when we don't call a spade a spade, when we let yeah. shit slide for the fucking sole reason of playing nice and, you know, hey, well, we're trying to be a global community, so we're just going to see past this bullshit. Yeah. Like, it's been a long time coming. We've allowed it 
I think the surprise of, hey, guess what? Like, uh, while Russia ran by the former KGB man, what do you think you're going to get, right? Like, we can play nice with all we want. Same thing with China. Like, China's playing the fucking long game, and they're playing us for fucking suckers, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is definitely fucking showing. And uh, it's one of those things where, like, we've tried to play nice with these folks for, like, the betterment of all of society and, and a global community, which ideally would be a great thing, and I wish... I wish that could happen, but the reality is if you have these, like, despots in power, like, you're not, you're not going to, you're not there, right? Yeah. You don't have, you don't have the visionaries running the show in Russia and China that are going to be like, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's think globally and uh, think about the betterment of mankind. They they are very focused on their like nationalistic views, mm-hmm. uh, and that comes first. Which is also goes to why China is not fucking overtly backing up fucking Russia because it doesn't play to any of their goals. Right? They're like, oh fuck you, Putin. Yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. And you know, I don't want to go too far off on it, but I've been thinking a lot about you know globalization after the end of the Cold War, and it it. I, I don't want to say that it di- it didn't work. I can say it didn't work, but I don't know if it was necessarily a mistake to go down that route only because the world had been so buttoned up for the la- the you know the previous um, you know uh, uh, almost 50- since the end of World War Two with the cold everybody's been so buttoned up and we gave openness a try and it just it just didn't work and I think you know it works if everybody's on board but yes as soon as you get um, some of these autocratic actors start stepping out of line, then it, it just falls apart and it doesn't it doesn't work. You know what I mean? So, um, but that's a much larger conversation for a, another day. So, um, so, so yeah. So, <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you guys this. So, Harp. Um, so we talked about some of the things that surprised you. What are some of the things that have not surprised you? What are some of your predictions at the beginning that had come true? I mean, Putin's not going to give up until, until he's gone. Mm. Uh, he's, he's, he's got a mission. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, so, it's, it's, war is a nasty thing. Mm. Uh, when you got nasty people behind the, uh, behind the curtains making the calls, it makes it even worse. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maxwell, let me open this up to you. So what are some of the things, uh, some of your predictions on day one that you think have uh, uh, born true? Oh, shit, man. I don't really think I had a prediction on day one that has come to fruition. Um, I do say this. I will say something that I was on board with that is obviously not the right way to go, Mm. right? And it's one of those things, dude, when you see, like, fucking atrocities and shit, and it's more and more, like, I think day one was the Russians will do this eventually, Mm. right? They'll eventually fucking uh, get frustrated and, and go to the war crime aspect um you know like shit the first time we talked about this ukraine thing i was like fucking t-lam these bitches sink the fucking black fleet let's give these guys a fucking fighting chance which obviously would play right into the fucking russian propaganda that this is american proxy war which you know but it's one of those things like dude you know what i mean you like you see this shit happening, and you're like, fuck, man, we, we, we got to do some shit. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we've all, the three of us have always been those guys, right? Like, freaking, if I see if I see injustices being done, I'm dude, I'm picking up a fucking rifle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which isn't the, in this, like, 
isn't the way to go. We can support them in many ways. We can give them freaking, we can give them javelins and mad hats like we have been. And I, I, dude, I have to say, as much as I think the fucking president's a goddamn joke, like this administration has handled this thing pretty well, right? Mm. Let's not get directly involved. Let's give them effective weapons to make shit happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fucking throw some sanctions. Let's get political and economic power and really fucking crush the nuts of the Russians. Like, so, and that goes to something, I guess that's an added surprise. I didn't think that this administration would even know what the fuck is even going on to even effectively support, but they have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So whoever's fucking feeding fucking Biden drugs and pulling the puppet strings, fucking my hat's off to you, buddy, because <laughs> you're fucking doing it right, right? Like, I don't know who the fuck you are, and that's a scary goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, it's, it's being done right. And, you know, my initial thought is, like, let's take this fucking military that my taxpayer dollars are paying for and go crush the fuck out of some Russians. Mm-hmm. It's probably not the best, best idea. But like I said... When you're watching fucking Red Dawn for the 50th time, uh, you know, <laughs> you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I want to fucking come down from the hills like the Wolverines, RPG the fuck out of some fucking Russian, like, BMPs and shit, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and do my thing, right? Yeah. So that, that, would, that would be what Putin would want. Yes. Right there, yeah. That would, that would give him the green light. Yep. And you know, so... Uh, Maxwell, hearing you speak, something I, I had not put two and two together um, with until uh, I heard you say it is the in, the American intel in this war has been fantastic. Where you know in the lead up to Iraq, uh, you know I don't know how much of that was bad intel or the Bush administration wanting to just you know selectively believe the intel that it believed. Like uh, we still. Uh, the assets that we have in Russia have been really, really good, and we have basically probably haven't called it probably called not but like ninety percent, nine out of ten. Um, our intel has been spot on and has been extremely has been used extremely effectively. So the CIA or whoever is in Russia right now is really, really doing their job, and we'll never know uh, who they are. But they've been yeah, they've been doing great. But yeah, so the thing that I got spot on is, and I agree with you, Maxwell, kind of echoing what you said, is that the Russians uh, would just eventually just go to a, uh, you know, a scorched earth campaign where they would just level the entire country when they, you know, when they get frustrated, when they can't meet their aims, uh, you know, and just just basically do what they did in Chechnya. And, you know, their playbook there is to just um, use overwhelming force and dominate and just, you know, level the place and then move in and again and they don't it's uh, it, it, let's say that this does this war does um you know end in uh the, the ukrainian government falling um you know Zelensky either being assassinated or removed from power and the russians eventually occupying all of the country uh it, it's going to be the, the entire country is going to be a wasteland and the russians won't care i mean it's not like they're going to try to you know, beautify the country. I try to do anything. They'll just, you know, install a strongman, uh, declare victory, and then basically just, you know, set up a repressive police state that will keep everybody in line and um, just keep the country barely functioning, you know? So um, I certainly hope that that does not happen. And actually, to tell you the truth, the more and more that time goes on, um, the less and less I think that's going to happen. I really, really hope that I'm right in... Uh, this assessment, um, because uh, the I, I'm hoping that with this assault in the east, I'm hoping that this is Russia's last gasp. And if they are successful in the east, um, you know, my hope is that Putin will be able to, you know, to, to grab this one chunk of land, declare victory. The um, uh, you know, the Ukrainians will have said, "All right, we, you know, we we push them back east." We divide it, and for the better, the you know, for the best of the country, we're going to you know come to the table, let them have the east, um, uh, end the vi- you know, end the uh, uh, end the fighting, uh, eventually sign a couple of security agreements with the U.S. and Europe, and rebuild from there. I kind of think, um, you know, at the moment that's that's 
kind of the best scenario, and I think that that is how it's going to eventually play out, assuming the um, Ukrainians don't push them out, or uh, the war takes a turn for the worst for Ukraine, and Russia is able to uh, recoup and push west and regain, or, you know, um, uh, continue their assault, but but I I, you know, I don't know. Those are those are all uh, kind of up in the air. I do still think at this point it's fluid and could go other way. That's another thing too. I know that when we first spoke, we all kind of said that our our prediction was that the Ukrainians would have to lose the initial war and then um, you know continue in insurgency and that we that they would lose the initial war. And right now it very much looks like the government is not going to fall. I hope I have not just jinxed them. Please, please, please don't. But it, it looks like there's a very real chance of them holding on and and perhaps even kicking the Russians out altogether. And that's, one can only hope. You know what I mean? I would say this. Mm-hmm. They have to kick the Russians out. Mm. And you, you brought up Chechnya. Here's the deal. The Russians are already at that point where they don't give a fuck. The score yeah. surf thing. Have you seen, they have the Islamic fundamentalists in Maripol, people they brought in from Chechnya who do not give a fuck, mm. who do not fucking value human life. If anybody remembers the Chechnya thing, a little video called Unknown Russian Soldier, if you ever watch that disgusting piece of fucking work, mm-hmm. you will know who you're dealing with. And these people, just like the people that we fucking fought, in Iraq and Afghanistan, the real fuck, the real fucking sick fucks, right? These, like, Islamo-fundamentalists that believe that, like, they could just do these atrocities on people in the name of Allah. Mm -hmm. You know, total perversion. The fact that the Russians brought these fucking people in here, like, dude, it's one of those things like, I used to feel sorry for, like, the young Russian troops that didn't know what the fuck was going on. But when you see people with their fucking hands bound behind their backs, shot in the fucking head, and fucking yeah. putting trash bags and putting mass graves, and then you know that fucking Putin brought these fucking Chechnyans in here that truly do not value human life. Like, there is only... One solution for Ukraine, and that is total fucking victory. Do not yeah. go to the table with the Russians. Because, no, they, no, yeah. dude, yeah. They, yeah, Crimea happened in 2014. Guess what? They're back to take more. They wanted to take it all, but they're fucking so inept that they can't do it. Mm-hmm. There is, you cannot, <laughs> I know you guys have heard this one before. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Mm, the yeah, Russians yeah. are fucking terrorists. You cannot negotiate with them. If you give them those two fucking territories in the east, they will not stop. Do no, you think yeah. that's going to stop? They'll stop them for fucking six fucking months, and they'll be back at it. Well, that's true. Fuck them. That, that the is only true. Fucking, yeah. They, you, you know, we keep saying the Ukrainians, but they're human beings. They, they cannot. No, they cannot give up now. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Can't give it, there's no way. Total victory is though. the only way. People like when people devalue life as much as these motherfuckers do. You have to fucking and you do. You have to fucking end bloodlines. It's like ISIS, dude. It's like ISIS. It's like Al Qaeda. Mm. The fucking Al Qaeda motherfuckers that we are fighting in fucking Iraq. There's only one solution, and that is to kill them all. Because mm. they you can negotiate with that shit. They want you dead mm. for their fucking god. Which hey, oh by the way, motherfuckers, Odin's the only fucking true god, bitch. Like that's just me and my Viking roots, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, not what you know. What, you you, I think yeah, you do have stick to a, a larger geostrategic point. You do have. A, a good point is that, um, you know, the Russians will not stop. And what comes next is, uh, yeah, yeah, if they do, if the Ukrainians do capitulate, you know, what comes next is Europe. And now, what, one thing I will say that is, um, 
that I did not uh, I did not think about prior to the invasion is that um, NATO, like every inch of NATO territory, every country, every square inch of it is now a red line. And the moment that uh, Russia, if if they were to ever cross it. Um, I mean, we, we basically have no choice but to react with full force. And I mean, you know, I uh, I hate to say it, the end of the world comes, the end of the world comes. But if, if, if Russia ever does invade a NATO country and we don't stand up to it, I mean, it's, it's the end of the U.S.-based world order and it's basically just a matter of time before they, you know, roll in. Um, you know, they're fucking launching fucking rockets into San Francisco or L.A. or Alaska. You know what I mean? So... Um, right. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing we learned from Ukraine situation is conventionally force on force, we would fucking crush yes. that. Yes. Yes. Goddamn, it would be the thing of fucking beauty. Yes. And I would love, dude. I would love to get the band back together. Yes, it would. It would. I be, know. I, I'm just saying. Me and Harpo, and and definitely you, Doc. Fucking arm to the teeth. Yeah. Take out fucking Ruskies. Yeah. It would be a thing of beauty. It would be it would be fucking crazy. If we were to yes, I I said this before, like nuclear weapons aside, if we were to go toe to toe with the Russian army anywhere in the fucking world, we would fucking crush them. Like except 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 in and around Russia might be like, except on their home turf. But I mean, if we were to meet them in Ukraine, if we were to meet them in Eastern Europe, if we were to meet them in Western Europe, we would fuck them up. And you know, I think too. I also. Dude, I'll tell you what. Tell the fucking Russian people, we promise to put in fucking many more fucking McDonald's, Starbucks, and a Walmart. They're on board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're on board. Like, hey, yeah. dude, we're we're fucking bringing we're bringing America to you, bitches. Yeah. And uh. We're gonna fuck these dudes up because they they've been they've been fucking up yeah. worldwide, so we, they gotta pay the price. Yeah. But don't worry, we'll make it worth your while. <laughs> yeah. Have sure. you heard of Target? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the right with with Russia, you just have you they like all the luxury shit. So like we'd be like we're gonna bring Gucci and Louis Vuitton and yeah. Hermes and all that stuff back. Like, Dude, yeah. We can have Rodeo Drive right here. We can fucking hook it up. Yeah. You're right. All right. The Russians are. The Russians aren't, and that's why I didn't say Walmart because Russia doesn't give a fuck about Walmart. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Shit, I, I say I say we round up all the crackheads in America and send them over. <laughs> Run around, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just say here you go. Yeah. Just, just drop them off by the truck lines. So, uh, so they'd, be be, they'd, they'd be begging. Sorry, America. Okay, take them home. Yeah, take them home. Yeah. No. I mean, we got plenty of it. So, last question I got for you guys. Um, let's talk about the larger, like, geopolitical situation. So, how do you guys think that this has changed? Now, let me ask like this. Now that we're seven weeks into it, um, you know, what are some of the surprises that you've seen, you know, around the world and geopolitically? And how do you think... Um, that things are going to uh, play out geopolitically. And um, Harpo, let's start with you. Well, I mean, I, I think the longer it takes, is the worse it's going to be on Russia. Mm. Uh, I mean, if they don't get a, a victory sooner rather than later, it's just going to keep killing their whole economy. Uh, and as far as the geo, I mean, they do provide a lot of oil and other natural resources to a lot of Europe. So that's that's going to be interesting to see. I know I've talked to several uh, people that I know that are from the Indian, India, and, you know, they get a lot of their oil and gas from mm-hmm. Russia. And, you know, they're out of it. They're, they, 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 you know, their people aren't, they, they're not going to do anything. You know, that's their main supply of oil. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um you know, maybe if, if we could possibly start providing those countries instead of Russia uh, with, with some of their needs, if that would hamper a little more. I mean, it's, the longer it lasts, I think it's the worst it's going to be for Russia. 
Mm, I agree. I agree. Maxwell, what do you think? Oh, jeez. I would say geopolitically, I think a lot of the predictions that we've made over the last couple weeks are pretty accurate, right? Um, I don't know if there's anything really surprising. No, there is one thing surprising. So I've heard that the ruble is bouncing back. Mm. It took an initial hit with the sanctions, but the fact that it's not completely crushed, that is something that's surprising to me, and I'm wondering why. I don't know if we completely, like, globally have completely sanctioned oil and gas from Russia because of um, the demand and the dependency of, you know, as a world... You know, I think they put, produce like 11% of the world's um, oil and gas. So, I, yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. Oh, a, a lot of those countries over there, like India and all the Muslims, rely on them who don't have a... Right. They're not saying anything. I mean, that's like, as far as export goes, that's probably the biggest thing that Russia has to, to push out into the economy. I don't think that's shut off completely. Like, why well, else? They say, you, well, they say Ukraine has, like, a lot of the corn and wheat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For the world. You know, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's like, tampering, too. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, that's the breadbasket of, of Europe is is, yeah. is Ukraine. So that, that will have an impact. I think the biggest surprise geopolitically is that the ruble is not suffering as much as as we thought it would. Now, initially, it it dropped like, you know, like a lead balloon, uh, but it's it's climbed back out somewhat. Somebody's like, keeping it up. What's that? So actually, Somebody's keeping it up. Yep. So, so. Right. Which I don't understand. I, uh, what I want to, I know that it was, I know there was a lot of sanctions put on Russia. Like it, they, were, we were really slow to remove them from the SWIFT monetary system, and we were really slow with the oil and gas. And I think part of the reasoning that was explained to the public was, well, there's such a reliance on it, you can't just shut it off, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, well, well, Maxwell, I actually, I have a, uh, I'll, I'll forward them to you later tonight. Um, I've, I've read a couple articles. Um, about that, and yes, I read that the ruble has bounced back, and it's either at its pre-war level or or very close to it, and that is almost entirely due to uh, the actions of the Russian central bank and some of the Russian the Russian financial system, and it has nothing to do with the underlying economic conditions in Russia. So, um, uh, yep. So earlier, yeah, so that was the, that was the big surprise me and that's you know that's going to drag things out right if we could crush them financially like like we did right off the bat and have it hold like that mm-hmm. right if if what we did two weeks in to the Russian economy was holding fast now I mean that that, that would change a hell of a lot yep. right so, so that was a huge surprise to me. Everything else geopolitically, like we called it, like China's not going to get involved because China's about China. Uh, they have their, you know, their their ring road initiative. Freaking, they have all this shit in the works that they're heavily invested in to be like a big global player, which I think the whole any alignment to Russia is going to put that into jeopardy, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So the Chinese are going to sit it out, and they're going to distance themselves from Russia, which we've seen, which we've predicted. So that wasn't a surprise. Um, you know, uh, Russia invading a sovereign nation, and that in itself, you galvanize, you know, the international community. And then you throw the fucking atrocities on top of it, right? And mm-hmm. the war crimes 
top of it, that just galvanizes the international community even more. So no surprise there geopolitically. I think the only surprise I saw was the fact that like Russia, R- Russian economy is like still, you know, was able to bounce back to pre-war levels. Like, oh shit, how the fuck is that happening? Right. So that was. That was the big surprise for me. So, so, so I actually read um, just before we started. I believe it's the World Bank is estimating that the Russian economy is going to tra- contract between eleven and fourteen percent this year, and that's fucking huge. Um, so, I, I, so the the thing that that um, hasn't surprised me. I, I, I agree with you, Maxwell. Is um, uh, well, I, well, sorry, I agree, but I, I, let me add a little nuance to it. Is that the the econ their their economy is going to suffer, and the longer it goes on, the worse and worse it's going to get. And I think what surprised me is that uh, the shock um, that they've been able to weather the shock so far. But as we get like six months, nine months, one year into it, uh, I think it's really going to you know you can't like there's there's only so much much meat you can or so much fat you can lose before you become skeletal. And I think we have, you know, just seven weeks in, we haven't had time to see that yet. Um, so uh, it's going to be extremely interesting when um, people are literally starving in Russia. I, I don't know if it'll ever get to that point, but when, um, uh, you know, when they're, 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 uh, you, the, the, the recession just keeps going and they just keep going less than that. But Russians apparently can suffer a lot. So, uh, you know, the, 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 Russian economy will shrink much, 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 much more before um, they start protesting. Then in the U.S., in the U.S., you know, we lose two or three percent. People are hitting the streets. You know what I mean? So right. um, that, that and also, uh, you know, uh, I'm actually even though uh, yeah, we you know we we talking we were uh, we said you know China is looking out for number one. I'm I'm actually still kind of surprised that they have not taken more of a leadership role. And I know that they have aspirations to be the world's greatest power, but they have um, not shown an ability to, you know, rally support for uh, autocratic states, for um, for Russia. Um, their, you know, their whole idea is that the autocratic model is superior to democracy. And I think... I don't think China is ever going to be a democratic country. Now, definitely not in my lifetime, but I don't think in the next thousand years. But, um, you know, autocracy, that, that might hold true in China, but I don't think it really holds in other parts of the world. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I think that historically, throughout human history, you know, autocracy or, or some version of, you know, a king or a single ruler has been um, predominant, but... The, uh, you know, th- since um, the advent of modern technology and, you know, basically since the American and French Revolution um, in the late uh, 1700s, there has been an alternative to that. And, uh, you know, in certain places like Russia and China, um, and, you know, we've seen, we've seen it, uh, 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 you know, in Germany in World War II, fascism and autocracy can go... Um, can go very far, can, you know, uh, completely command governments and cause havoc all over the world, um, there is still, uh, you know, in the United States and in the West, still that beacon that, you know, there can be something better. And it's not, you know, we were talking about, uh, 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 you know, America after, uh, around September 11th, you know, I think that um, George Bush's conception of freedom was, you know, ham-fisted and heavy-handed and uh, our image um, you know, it, it, during the uh, uh, war on terror, suffered as a result. But I think that this war in uh, Ukraine has shown, at least to the West, that just how important democracy is, just how important uh, liberty is, just how important our ideas are, and just how important our way of life is. And during the Cold War, you know, people could, in, in spite of all, you know, all the problems and everything, all of the issues that... Um, we had all the things we did wrong during the Cold War. People could still, and still did, look at, when they looked at the U.S. versus the Soviet Union, and look at ours and say, you know, our system is better, and our system is, you know, for all its faults, is not the Soviet Union, and we have to work to maintain that, or else we're going to become the Soviet Union. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of people in America have had a come-to-Jesus moment 
um, with that and have really realized, like, hey, we have been bickering and fucking up for the last couple years, and um, we need to make some changes. Now, I have, we're, we still, we haven't tested that in an election yet. I don't know if that's going to hold. You know, it's possible that um, come November, we just switch back to our old the tribal bullshit that we have been in. But, um, you know, the, 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 the only silver lining for the, the U.S. is now, you know, we've seen it's been laid bare and naked for the world, just how awful, you know, Russian aggression is and just how awful fascism and authoritarianism is. And we thought, we naively thought that after World War II, we were done with it. But guess what? History moves in loops, and here we are again. You know what I mean? Right. There's my, there's my rant. Well, there's my rant. Here we are. We're at the end of the episode. Maxwell, let me ask you, what are your final thoughts? Oh, man. I don't know. All's, uh, I do, you know what? Here's my final thought. I want to leave you guys with this. Our friend in Ukraine. Oh, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Give us so an update. I, uh, I don't know if I ever shared this with you. She's a singer. She's a... Uh, like, I don't know how popular, I don't know much about Ukraine, but she's, uh, that's what, she's a musician, she's a singer, and very popular, I don't know how I would compare it to, you know, artists here in America, because I just don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but she's doing well, and she just released a song. Oh, wow. Uh my girlfriend shared it with me today and it's beautiful. You know, it's one of those things like, holy shit, like this person that we've been talking to that has been sharing their deepest feelings about everything going on around her. She's, you know, surrounded by war zone. Uh, Yeah. Turns out she's like uh, some big time artist in Ukraine and, uh, you know, released some song beautiful as hell. Uh, I don't speak the language, so I barely understand what's going on, but I saw the video, and it, it seems pretty cool. Um, but her and her family are doing okay. Uh, the fact that the Russians are pulling out and concentrating in the East helps her out, because she was in Dnipro. She's pretty much in the center of the country. Uh, so um, my final thought is our friend in Ukraine, she's doing well, and... You know, you know, glory to Ukraine and swift victory. You know, all I got to say is the only answer is for Ukraine to win this thing mm-hmm. and to defeat the Russians. There can be no compromise. Like we used to say uh, back, you know, in the in the. McMath instructor, Marine Corps martial arts instructor, like, make them pay for what they do to you, right? Like, make them pay. Mm. Like, they brought they brought this upon the people of Ukraine, you know, peaceful people just living their life. Make the Russians fucking pay. Do not compromise. And there's o- total victory is the only solution. Right on. All right. Thank you so much. Harp, what's your final thought? Man, I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. That'd be my final thought. I just hope they don't. I hope the human beings over there just keep fighting. Just that. That I hope that drive in their heart just keeps driving on, and I know it will. That's just only human nature. Mm-hmm. And no matter where you go, you go anywhere, you try to take their life, they're gonna fight for it. I just hope they keep. They gotta win. I'm pulling for them. All right. Good to go. So, my final thought is, uh, first of all, uh, Maxwell, I just want to say how great it is to hear that your friend is still uh, healthy and well and uh, thinking about her and thinking about all the Ukrainians over there. And the, I guess, you know, my final thought is, uh, yes, the, 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 actually, after speaking to you guys, I think that, um, it's it's kind of all or nothing. I hope that the if there is some other solution, then uh, I hope that we have some very smart diplomats and some people over there working on it. But afterwards, you know, we're 
we're in Cold War II, and uh, we are there, and we have to, the best way, we have to, we have to, you know, fight it in, in um, two spaces. Number one, internationally, you know, against Russia, against China, we have to, uh, sometimes that's going to be actual war, uh, unfortunately proxy wars, and we're hoping that that stays uh, minimal, but that's also going to be a technological war, us, um, you know, uh, 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 having the best technology, continuing to invest, continuing to innovate, and um, just continuing to outmaneuver them on the international stage. But on the domestic stage as well, I think that one of the things, the, the, the real thing that won, that, that the real reason we won the first Cold War, I mean, we, you know, we, we had a, a superior military, we had all the nukes, we had all that stuff, but the reason that we won the first Cold War is that a democracy... And our way of life was just superior to communism and autocracy. And it, Blue Jeans won uh, the Cold War just as much as uh, any gun, any bullet, any nuclear missile did. Because, uh, you know, eventually the, um, you know, the people, they, they, just, they just realized that, uh, you know, that, that, that capitalism, that democracy, that freedom was much better. And again, we lost our way. You know, we in the U.S., we lost our way for a, a, a couple number of years. After September 11th, um, we, we, we did not express this fully, and we, you know, we did a couple of things that were um, lamentable. And at, at our heart, you know, our core was still um, the same, but we, 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 we drifted a bit from that. So it is my hope that we, um, on a, you know, domestically start reaching out to each other. We're not going to agree on everything, but... That this is a wake-up uh, call for us to um, put aside some of the petty bullshit and to start working um, towards uh, something better. And internationally, start getting smart, start um, you know, f- uh, 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 strengthening our alliances, reforming our alliances, and starting to think a bit more strategically because... That is what we're. That's the next big challenge in the twenty first century, and um, I hope that Cold War Two uh, is not as bloody and um, terrifying as Cold War One. But um, who knows? We might be there. All right, fellas. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, Maxwell. Thank you again for joining us. Oh yeah, thanks for having me. Yep, Harp. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Everybody. Thank you all for listening. We love you, and we will see you next week.